Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone and welcome to Set the Tape Rewind, whether you're a brand new or seasoned veteran of our past few shows. I'm Tony Black hosting this week and I'm joined this week by Steve Norman and podcaster Clara Cook as we discuss the BAFTAs, or British Oscars as we like to call them, and the unfortunate racial furore spiralling around Marvel's Black Panther. Talking TV, we confuse Steve utterly as we try and explain where the newly concluded first season of Star Trek Discovery fits in the franchise's canon before tackling Netflix's expensive new prestige sci-fi drama, Altered Carbon. Is it any good? We'll let you know. Finally, in our free play section, we're talking about podcasts and how they're beginning to be made for the TV and cinematic realm. Fail critics the movie? Don't bet against it, though you may be surprised to hear who plays Steve and Owen. Anyway, on with the show. Okay, so for our first uh, topic uh, this evening on our podcast, we're going to be talking about movies, as always, on uh, Set the Tape Rewind. And we thought we'd start with you know the big uh, hot potato. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the Baftas in a bit, brief, briefly. But uh, we thought we'd start with the big hot potato, which is Black Panther, uh, which just come out. Marvel's brand new uh, superhero movie, um, all about uh, King T'Challa and uh, the fictional realm of Wakanda. And uh, obviously, it's gone down really well with critics, with a lot of fans, and it's uh, it's been regarded as one of the best Marvel movies ever made. But it's causing a bit of a, typically, a bit of a furore on the uh, the lovely internet. Uh, I say lovely in inverted commas, obviously. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a um, a difficult subject for a lot of people, and there's been some quite disturbing things online. Firstly, Steve, you've seen it, haven't you? You've seen Black Panther. I have. Yes. Did you like it? I did. I just wanted to say that um, the, the names you are reading out there sound great in your Midlands accent. <laughs> I mean, it really had some gravitas to the to the, to the well, wa- Wakanda, yeah. yeah, which is blatantly not going to be how it's supposed to be said. But there you go. Uh, no, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was it was um, good fun. It was it was like a bit different to. But I think part of the thing was Marvel, the MCU came out with a lot of good films straight off the bat, um, kind of culminating with the end of Phase One in Avengers Assemble, um, and then. Some of them after that, they just got kind of a bit predictable and 
not boring, but they were just okay. Um, and it seems like Marvel and Disney picked up on the reactions to this because they've kind of gone away from that again. I mean, Thor Ragnarok was great, fun, and different, and so was this. Um, so it looks like they're they're back on form ahead of Infinity Wars. Yeah, it's it does it does seem that way. It's uh, it's gone down well. Clara, have you seen it yet? Uh, no, and I really am really looking forward to seeing it. I really want to, uh, but I haven't seen it. Managed to get to the cinema yet. I haven't yet either. I'm seeing it tomorrow. So this firmly puts me in in the, the nearest thing we have to an expert, which is always worrying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can claim that one, Steve. You know, Black Panther <laughs> expert. It's fine. You can probably yeah. say it properly as well. You know, instead of Wakanda, which is yeah, yeah. I mean, Clara, you've you've you're you follow things on the internet. You keep your you know as as do we all. But have you have you been privy to some of the the difficult conversations that people have been having over Black Panther and some of the worrying things that have been coming out? Uh, yeah, so some of the stuff that's been happening on the internet is people have been tweeting hoaxes that they have gone to movie showings with uh, family members or friends and that they've been racially abused. And when I say the people tweeting hoaxes say they've been racially abused, they say they've been racially abused by African-Americans mm. who have been at um, Black Panther showings. And these are hoaxes, I would say, because the majority of the pictures that they use showing they've been abused are pictures of completely different people and completely different scenarios. So, you know, pictures of actors who've been beaten up in films or pictures of actual people who have been beaten up, but in news, news stories that are completely unconnected to this like, movie. Do you see what I'm saying? So um, they are definitely probably hoaxes. And I would say most of them are probably Twitter trolls who are either trying to cause controversy for just controversy's sake or they're trying to cause an argument um, or try to try and upset people or they actually are racist themselves and they don't like the idea of a film having a black cast um, or a, a more diverse cast or a whole film being centred around the black lead. Um, so I would say that probably quite a lot of those people are probably, I would say, racist <laughs> it's basic racism really yeah. and and i think the thing is at the end of the day i mean this is something we've seen before with um the ghostbusters that was released in 2016 with leslie um leslie jones i think her name is it leslie yeah jones, leslie who, jones yeah yeah who was receiving a lot of abuse on twitter um and some of it was actually racist and she did i think she did come out and just say like i just starred in a movie like a, like this is ridiculous i started in a movie and i'm getting all this abuse and i don't deserve it um and i think that the more um a certain demographic feel they're being pushed out of uh, of being represented on screen the the more they're going to maybe lash out but the funny thing about it is they're not being pushed out of being shown on screen because it's like white people on screen everywhere so this is this is about so this is about telling a different story about people in in an african culture that wasn't affected by colonialism and this 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 is let's let's not sugarcoat this this part of this is the alt-right agenda which is rising now with uh the trumpocalypse and all these things going on in the western world it's it's all part of the this this agenda to to divide lines, you know, racial lines and all, you know, equality. It's happening, it's happening all, on all fronts, really. And I think it's, I think it's disgusting. You know, some of the things I've seen about people pretending to have been beaten up by gangs of black people who say you can't come into our cinema. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. It's disgusting. And it, it turns my stomach, to be honest, because it, it, what Black Panther is, is regardless of whether or not it's a watershed moment for race... You know, it's, it sounds like it's a great film, you know, a great film with really good actors, a great director. And 
for people to be trying to hijack it as usual it just it's just another indication of the sorry state of our world right now so it, it it's it's a real shame because it's I, I don't know if it's putting a cloud over the film because i think the film's still doing well i think it's still being well received people are still going to see it but it's why can't we just have one film that doesn't have to have a bunch of idiots <laughs> trying to ruin it in some way you know it it's sad i think it's just sad you know, there's enough superhero movies about white guys who are superheroes. But this one, yeah, just you know, the whole film is is regardless of whether it's a good film or not, and it is a good film. It's just refreshing to see the whole thing done in that way. And I suppose if you even look back, Marvel themselves did this with the comic coming out when the, the character was originally created and the Nation of Wakanda originally created. They tried doing it. Well, they did it back then as well, so it's not exactly anything new. Exactly, it's you know, it, it's it's just frustrating. So, so a question, a question I had was, I know that Blade was another superhero, a Marvel superhero who is um, an African American, um, and I wondered at the time because I was too young to remember this, but I wonder at the time when Blade came out, was there sort of like racism surrounding the release of that movie? Well, I, 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 I was, I don't know about how old you were, Steve, but I was. 16 i think when that came out and i don't i don't maybe as a kid you know i didn't notice but i didn't remember i don't remember that back then i suppose i suppose a different thing with with blade is that one there wasn't this big cinematic universe of you know marvel mcu um loads of different films so it wasn't kind of as all big all-encompassing thing and blade's kind of more of an anti-hero really isn't he he's it's sort of a darker character and um you know, it's like a, he's not a, he's not a straight up good guy, is he? Blade. No. If you see what I mean, so it's a different kind of character. But I, I'm probably too young. I don't, I don't know when Blade was released, but ninety eight. Um, I think I think 90, it was not ninety eight. I would have been twelve, so I would have no, yeah. been in no way in any knowledge of anything like that happening. To be honest. No, and I it, suppose we didn't have Twitter the, either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like we didn't have Twitter, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the fact that people can feel like they can say whatever they want online yeah. without any ramifications. I think I think that's exactly what it is. But uh, but yeah, anyway, let, let's hope Black Panther does well anyway, despite these idiots. And uh, you can check out our review um, at www.setthetape.com. That's obviously the first obligatory website mention of many. Um, and yeah, by uh, Ian Blackout, you can check out our review of the film right now. Speaking of films, obviously, we've had the BAFTAs, the British Academy uh, what is it? British Academy and Television Film Awards. Is that what it is? I feel like that's what it is. Does anyone know? I should have uh, looked, I should, I looked it up, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> to be honest. Brit- I think it is British Academy Film and TV. <laughs> yeah, something like that? Okay, right. I think so, I think so. <laughs> that one, anyway. The British Oscars, basically, let's call it that. Um, yeah, the, the, loose, the loosest term of British in some cases <laughs> well, as well, well as yeah. always. We won't go through all of them, obviously, but the big the big ones that have uh, drawn attention is, um, well, I, I've got to say, much as I'm glad it's won, Outstanding British Film, Three Billboards... Uh, is that really a British film? I know the guy who directed it is, I think he's Irish, but is that really, is that really a British film? Three billboards. I've got my doubts there. No, Did it receive British funding? Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but still, it just seems like a strange (laughs) choice, you know, (laughs) it does seem like a strange choice. It won best film as well, though. 
Um, so it beat out Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, The Shape of Water. Um, have either of you seen Three Billboards at this stage? I have not, no. No. No, <laughs> me neither. So, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's okay, Clara. <laughs> You're not, it's fine. I haven't seen them either. It's, uh, but Frances McDormand won as well for best. I think she's going to win Best Actress at the Oscars, to be honest, from what I'm hearing, that she's pretty phenomenal. So I think, and obviously Gary Oldman won Best Actor for Darkest Hour, which again, he's predicted to get the Oscar. Um, and I, I thought he was quite good as Churchill. Yeah, can I ask a question though? Go on. Like, so uh, this is going to be kind of a controversial question, but <laughs> is it? Can you win an Oscar for like, or, or BAFTA for being Best Actor if? Like your face has been radically changed by with makeup and stuff. I guess you can because if you think about it, people do win awards like this for voice work as well as for being dressed up in prosthetics. But I mean, did was his face not changed enough so that he could still move his facial muscles and act? Because it's, I guess it's bad body language, right, and voice as well. It just seems like he's kind of obscured from being himself. So I wonder how much of the acting he's really doing. Does that make sense? No, no, it does. I, I, I think he did a fair bit of emoting, even despite the uh, the fake jowls <laughs> <laughs> and, and all the heavy makeup. I, I think he, he, you know he's is the he's the reason that Darkest Hour has gone down so well because it's a it's a decent enough film. It's a good film, but it's not a great film, and it doesn't really deserve to be up there as one of the great films. Um, but his performance is pretty good. Whether it's as good as you know Daniel Kaluuya or. Daniel Day Lewis, or you know, or these guys, mm, he's open to question. Really, I've, I'm not sure. So it's, it's one of them. It, you know, presages the Oscars, which obviously we get next. I think it's next Sunday we get the Oscars. It's Sunday into Monday, but uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we might, we might well go into that in a few weeks when we come back. Okay, so TV. Obviously, Clary. One of the reasons that one of the main reasons we know each other is, uh, well, the main reason, I suppose before is Star Trek and um, obviously Discovery uh, season one of Star Trek Discovery which we've talked a little bit about the po- on the podcast before has come to an end uh, this uh, this last week um, and uh, yeah it's uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because it's it, a big a big moment you know Star Trek coming back on TV and obviously it's been a it's been a pretty good season do you think it ended well? Uh, well I'm kind of conflicted partly because the inner Trekkie inside me like squealed like a little girl at the very last moment, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, for the very last moment of the last episode, I was like, wee, screaming <laughs> um, with, excite- with excitement. But at the same time, I did feel like the last, they left a lot of loose ends to be tied up very quickly in the last episode, which is kind of a sign of writers scrabbling around, struggling to finish a story um, in a shorter space of time than they kind of maybe planned for. And I also feel like there hasn't been enough character development across the entire series. So I'm looking forward to that in season two, hopefully. But the production values are great. The acting's all really, really good. There's, you know, standout sort of lines of dialogue that are really good. And just, it's just a bit beautiful to look at, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, it's you know, they've put a lot of money into it. That's 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 the good thing. They've, they've thrown a fair bit of money at it instead of doing it on the cheap, which was always the fear that, you know, they'd, they'd try and economise and do a Star Trek series on the cheap, you know, even with all the cable money flying around. But no, they they got it on a cable subscription channel. They loaded a lot of money up front. They will have made a lot of money back. So 
you know, there's every chance, you know, the budget might well go up for season two. You never know. We might get even more good stuff. So yeah, it look it looks the part. Steve, you haven't you haven't we talked a bit about it the other week, didn't we? But if, if you you haven't been keeping up with this one, I don't think, have you? No, I've I've never been able to get into Star Trek. I mean, I've watched the first first two episodes on Netflix yesterday, just so I can at least try and be familiar with what we're talking about. But I've never really been able to get into Star Trek, and I don't don't quite know why. But um, well, it's you know what's interesting yeah. though, actually. As somebody who's like a lifelong Star Trek fan, Clara's pretty much the same. I think, well, you are the same, aren't you? You know, you watched it for years. We mm. we don't know what it's like to watch something, you know, like this without any pre-existing knowledge and all that kind of thing. So in, it's interesting to think. What did you think of the first two? As somebody who doesn't have really lots of Star Trek knowledge, who doesn't really love the show, as a piece of TV, what did you think of the first two episodes? There's something in it. I mean, the production values are really good. It looks fantastic, and yeah, like Clara said, the acting's good. But I, I think with me for Star Trek, it's because I like the 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 JJ Abrams felt the reboot. I like the films or the first one certainly, and they're kind of diminishing returns since then. But I think that's because it was quite a good start point for somebody who's not a Star Trek fan to be introduced into the characters and the ideas of Star Trek and what it's all about. But I mean, obviously, being too young to have seen the original show when it was first released on TV, you know, I, the, it's there's so much Star Trek at history. I wouldn't even know where this one's starting off in amongst everything. You know, where where's it? What in where's it set? Uh, not where's it set? You know, what what time is it set in relation to Kirk and Picard, who are the names that I know just from you know it being pop culture. Where does it all fit in amongst that? What you know? What's the what's the whole background to the actual situation at the start of the series? And it's just sort of not knowing all the, I suppose, lore of Star Trek that kind of perhaps puts me off getting into it now. It is a pretty big mountain to climb, isn't it, Clara? I suppose if you're coming into yeah. something like this new, and just what I was just curious, what you you know coming. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Into it, you know, if you found like you were confused or you didn't, or you weren't sure about, 
you know, because it, it's interesting. They, they're going to have to pick up a lot of new viewers, you know. I mean, the last C- series was on TV over 10 years ago. It finished, you know, nearly 20 years ago it started. And, and which one was that? Was that Enterprise? That was Enterprise, which was a prequel in itself. So that had a lot of fan nods that and was, winks. That was with your man from Quantum Leap, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott Bakula. Yeah. 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 Scott so, Bakula. So for myself and anybody else who's not uh, kind of big Star Trek fan, where does where does this sit in relation to what I was saying earlier, like with, in relation to Kirk and Picard and yeah, you know, in terms of Star Trek timeline, where is this kind of and and where was Enterprise? That was that Enterprise, wasn't that right at the start of kind of them going into space and yeah, you you had Enterprise was the last one they'd made until this one but it was set beforehand it was set at the very beginning so before the 1960s show everything else yeah and and this one's kind of set between that and the original series right i suppose but isn't it like 10 years 10 years isn't it clara before kirk and crew yeah so it's like 100 years after enterprise but it's like 10 years before kirk is in command of the of the actual enterprise the ship so it's it's i think it's set around the time where spock is in space but he's with captain pike instead of captain kirk so this when spock's like really young although we haven't seen him but we've seen his father this is where it gets confusing steve yeah (laughs) so so i'm taking i'm guessing it takes place in a separate universe to what the the film these new films do yeah, and but and it, conceivably they could cast a new Spock and Kirk yeah. and McCoy, yeah. etc. They could, but I'd be surprised if they do, really, because if they do, they then the show becomes about them then, and I yeah. think and that it, that's the risk you have to take. I reckon they're going to meet Captain Pike, but I reckon Spock yeah. will not be on the Enterprise because yeah. he hasn't qualified to be in space yet. And they'll meet Captain Pike, and then maybe they'll meet Number One. Yeah, you know the the female second in command. I think so. But I reckon Spock won't be there, or he'll be. They'll be like reference him. Like maybe we'll see like the back of his head or something, but yeah. we won't actually. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, but it, they won't actually yeah. put him in the main of the main story. Steve, if, if you if you really want to find out more. Go and look up something called The Cage, right? <laughs> right. The Cage was the original pilot that they shot for Star Trek in like 1965, I think it was. And that had Leonard Nimoy, but a completely different crew. And then they, they when they made the show, they changed things. They threw most of the new characters in there. So just go and look that up, all right? <laughs> right. If you've got like a spare like half an hour, just go and okay. read up on that. Um, but <laughs> Discovery is set before all this. So it's kind of in that... Little, there's a little sweet spot before the the, the original series, which um, they complain, but it's it, it works. I think uh, overall, it it's, takes a few liberties, but it's it's a good first season. But clearly, clearly, it doesn't necessarily like help to initiate new people. <laughs> clearly, you've got to know your Star Trek a little bit coming into it. But is that? I mean, is that the case with lots of other sci-fi? So, for example, I mean, would people say the same thing about Star Wars? Because I don't think they would about Star Wars, would they? I think it depends how. I don't think it's just with sci-fi. I just think it's how much there is before it. Because we've already, you've already explained to me, this is coming in. It's a prequel, but it's not a prequel right at the beginning. It's a prequel that's a sequel to another prequel, and. There's Bloody so hell. much Star Trek. So if there's, some, if there's something, if there's, if there's something, if you know, if there's something else with as much 
material out there as as Star Trek, and then you're trying to jump in, um, you know, a point that's halfway or you know quite away into what they've already put out. Star Wars, there's there's you know nine fil- you could, uh, nine films, and they're quite clearly determined trilogy. So you could start with The Force Awakens. You could have got into Star Wars at The Force Awakens, watched that, and The Last Jedi, and then gone back and watched the rest. Or you know, if you're if you're a bit older, you could have started with the Phantom Menace, and you probably would have never watched Star Star Wars again. <laughs> but, if you, but if you did, yeah. you could have watched the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and then gone back to the original trilogy. But there's so much Star Trek, and I think that's what kind of puts me off. It's like, am I going to understand what on earth is going on? Because there's so much Star Trek that's come before this. Yeah, like can... not not just not just like the the whole thing of. Kirk and Spock and the Enterprise, but you know the whole, the whole thing of the Federation and how did it all get started and and everything like that. It's like, am I really going to understand what's going on if I come in at the start of a new series of Discovery? It's pretty dense. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. It is dense. And if there, and if there <laughs> was something, you know, if 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 Game of Thrones was was fifty years old with you know twenty odd seasons and then three different spin off shows and they wanted me to start watching in twenty eighteen with a fourth spin off show, I'd probably be like, you know what? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a good it's a good point. Yeah, you'd be like, I've got real no no thanks. No. I can't do it. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, it's uh it'll be back next year, so uh you know, you never know. They might make it a bit more accessible. Speaking <laughs> speaking of accessible, one of the Big new shows on Netflix lately uh, has been Altered Carbon, which was based on a book um, written about 10 years ago. A uh, very Blade Runner dystopian future kind of uh, story, which has gone down uh, pretty well. Um, and obviously has, I think it's been reported as being one of the biggest budget um, TV series ever. Like the money is all there on the screen. Either of you watched this one? Because I, I, I've, I've watched the first episodes. And it's uh, it's pretty pretty shiny and new. I've not seen it yet. I will I will watch it, but I've not got round to it yet. Um, yeah, so I watched the first three episodes so far, and I love it. I love it. I do think that if you don't pay attention closely enough to the actual storyline, it is kind of hard to follow. Like we're talking about hard to follow television. I do think there is something a little bit hard to follow about Auto Carbon because of the fact that it's a completely like you know steve was saying about star trek is this completely um fleshed out world that's kind of you don't start at the beginning anywhere you're kind of thrust straight into the middle of it if you see what i'm saying you're straight into the action straight into the world that's already established but it's just really well fleshed out you know they just the terminology the fact that they're using different words for different things you know your um your your sleeve, which basically means your physical body. I think they do. They call it your your deck, which is the the actual consciousness, which which is stored on like a little disc that's in the back of your neck. The idea that um, he's been several different people. Well, he's the same person, but he's been several different bodies. He's changed like um, ethnic background. He's changed age, all that kind of thing. The idea that like different people can be in different gendered bodies. I think the whole thing's really fascinating. And it just looks beautiful. It really looks amazing, I think. So it's very violent, though. I have to say, I did struggle with some of the violence. I thought it was a tad too physically bloody for me, my tastes, really. Yeah, it, it, it is It is quite, yeah, it is quite in your face with the violence. And it's, 
I mean, I, I, I'm admittedly, I, I was wasn't sure it was it's for me because I'm not a big fan of all this Blade Runner kind of stuff. Really, I'm not a big fan of Blade Runner to be fair. Um, so it's it doesn't all tick all my boxes, but I might I might stick with it because it has got a really interesting mythology behind it. It's got a, a lot of a lot of big ideas, like you've mentioned, Clara. So, and it you know it looks good, so it could it could go places really. Uh, check that out, guys, if you haven't already. And uh, our re- a review of the score um, by Jeff Russo will be up on uh, www.setthetape.com because it's got some good music going on. Um, so uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that as well. All right, free play then. Our final section. Uh, we're going to have a little chat this week. We're going back to podcasts. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but uh, sort of links to TV as well because they've announced this week that. Um, the quite successful podcast Pod Save America, which admittedly I haven't listened to, but I have heard about, I do know about, is being adapted into a HBO TV series. So I thought it might be quite interesting to have a little chat about this phenomenon because, you know, this isn't the first one that's been done. You know, uh, recently we had Law, Aaron Mankey's uh, stories about, hor- you know, horror and weird tales um, can- adapted into a six-part anthology series for Amazon. And, you know, they're talk- I think they're adapting Welcome to Night Vale, even as a film or maybe a TV series. So, you know, I mean, what do we think about this? Obviously, you know, we're all, we're doing a podcast right now. We're all podcasters. We've done it for years. Steve's been doing it since he was three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's a big new thing, this, isn't it? They seem to be tapping in, don't they, to podcasts as the new, the new medium to get material. Well, I mean, it's, I suppose, books... Uh, comics, TV shows, and uh, novels, etc. Radio shows have all been used as, you know, inspiration or whatever for to make other types of media. Um, some podcasts probably lend themselves quite well to to that kind of thing. Whether it's a, you know, fictional or non-fictional type thing, podcasts probably do lend themselves quite well to it. Yeah, um, none of the ones none of the ones that I particularly listen to would um, <laughs> would work. So I, I mostly just listen to sports. Um, podcast so i don't think any of those are particularly <laughs> transposed to, to tv or film well but you know you could see where where some would um get that idea from and you know be able to make a jump from from podcast to tv show or film i'm looking forward to quickly kevin the tv series steve yeah. <laughs> that'd be good well i mean i think what, what about what do you think clara have you got any thoughts about a, a, a podcast that would make a good tv series anything to leap out at you that you listen to that might fit that mould? Well, the obvious ones, I think, would be um, sort of like true crime, uh, like serial, um, or something like This American Life, which sort of analyses, you know, sort of sociological, political, or sort of just personal histories of people living in the US or whatever or in different parts of the world. Um, So like documentary podcasts would make good documentary series, I think. The problem is that I never used to watch, and I even to this day don't really watch true crime documentary series, <laughs> but I'll listen to a true crime podcast. And I don't know why I would listen to a podcast rather than watch a true crime documentary. I mean, the documentaries that I watch on Netflix normally are documentaries, very upsetting documentaries about social injustices. And then I'll like feel really stressed for the next week and upset and everything because I've watched this documentary series about corruption in the Catholic Church or something. But um, I but but the podcast, like, for instance, I probably would more li- more likely listen to Serial than watch a 
a, a, a TV series of serial because I think sometimes I find watching things more upsetting than I find listening to things or I find watching things more emotionally affecting than listening to things. So I used to listen to law. I still listen to law. I really enjoy it. Um, and sometimes it's a bit it's a bit creepy, but I didn't I didn't find it scary until I watched a TV series. And then I you know I was curled up on the couch with my head behind a pillow saying oh I don't want to watch this I don't want to watch this I did watch it I did watch it obviously um I'm referring to the episode where they do um you know they do uh frontal lobotomies um and I think I'd listen I think I'd listened to that episode as a podcast and I hadn't found it as distressing as watching it so I think sometimes you can get away with more difficult content in a in a podcast than you can maybe on television i don't know yeah i think i think it's the whole the visual it's the visual element obviously isn't it it's it's being able to see something you know as opposed to hearing it is one thing actually having it in your face is another really <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's just interesting how they're turning to podcasts now probably because they're cheaper in fact you know trying to trying to get a book you know adapt a book you've got to pay the rights for the book, things like that. It's probably it's podcast. It's still a, a, an emerging area in terms of you know rights and all this kind of thing. It's it's a funny one. It makes you wonder if it's a much cheaper way of them getting content, you know, and turning it into either dramatic series or a you know documentary series or anything like that. And I mean, I sure, I, I think it's just going to keep growing. This I really do. Surely it's a way of podcasters also making a living because, as we well know, um, maybe not as much in. Um, the US is in the UK but I think still the same in the US podcasters don't really make any money from podcasting and you spend a considerable amount of time and effort and hours and technology um, making podcasts um, without a huge amount of financial um, return mm. Tell me so about I imagine it. like for, yeah for law <laughs> <laughs> you both know what I'm talking about yeah. so we're so for law the guy who does law um, Aaron Mankey uh, Mankey, thank you. I'd imagine that a TV series on Amazon is. I hope he's making some money from it. Um, I'd imagine that would be that would help, you know, with some of the offset, some of the labour that he's done over all these years in making the podcast. Yeah. So I can see how it would be desirable for podcasters. Yeah. So, Steve, what do we think? Foul critics, the movie. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I'd watch it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who's playing me? Uh, well, um, who, it depends on who you want to play you and who it is more likely what the to play you. <laughs> the money I've made from podcasts, I'll have to play myself. <laughs> I was going to say Keith Jagwin, but then I realised he's dead, so we can't we can't have him. Um, no, we, uh, just, no, um, Les Dennis. <laughs> Les Dennis, who'd play Owen? We, we need the worst Birmingham-based actor, don't we? I think or the worst Carrot. actor from Dudley, Jasper Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Les Dennis and Jasper Carrot bring you File Critics, yeah. the movie. I think, <laughs> I think it's got to be done. Would you, would, 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 would you just film it like in a pub or something? <laughs> or like, like, would it just be like a scene? It sounds like a situation comedy. I reckon you guys could do it this. It does actually, yeah, with, with those two. I think we need to get on get onto the BBC about this, Steve. It's got, it's got to be better than like you know. My family, if that's still... Is that still even going, my family? I don't even know it if that's still going. Be. Can't Probably be, it. surely. <laughs> <laughs> An 
another one bites the dust then, but you can find much more content from Set the Tape with all of our articles, features and reviews related to what we've discussed on our website, www.setthetape.com and don't forget to follow us on Facebook by typing in Set the Tape in the search bar and we're at Set the Tape on Twitter as well. Thanks if you downloaded or you're streaming this week's episode. We'll be back in two weeks. So until then, live long and prosper. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.